Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Friday, November 2nd, 2018. And I'm going to have to try to run through this one uh, with a little bit of urgency here just to try to get through it. It's only eight games, so it shouldn't take too long. Uh, but Anthony Davis looks like he could potentially end up be playing on Thursday. So if that's the case, I'm going to have to make some pivots and change a bunch of lineups. So I want to leave myself time for that. Uh, we've seen this with Anthony Davis a few times over the last couple of seasons where he'll be listed as doubtful and then he just kind of ends up warming up and insists on playing and ends up playing. Like I think there's been probably like three or four times over the last two years that Anthony Davis has gone from doubtful to playing. And most teams, when somebody's doubtful, they just end up not playing. But for whatever reason with Anthony Davis, he's somebody who ends up playing through the uh, doubtful designation more than most guys end up, uh, which maybe goes a little bit against the Anthony Davis's uh, frail man made of glass. Uh, for the Friday games, uh, first game on the slate is the LA Clippers at the Orlando Magic. From the Clippers side of the game, uh, tail end of a road back-to-back. Uh, if you look at the over-under for this game, it's starting at 216.5, and part of the reason for that uh, being a little bit lower than we might expect when these two teams play each other is just that that road game of a back-to-back for the Clippers that tends to slow teams down uh, a little bit in terms of pace. Uh, both these teams kind of around league average in terms of uh, what we'd expect for a number of possessions. From the Clippers side of the game, uh, we saw a big Boban game on uh, Thursday night. Just bringing up his numbers real quick. Uh, it was kind of a weird matchup for him, so I'm surprised that we saw him get 22 minutes. He really got destroyed by Joel Embiid for a lot of time that he was on the floor, but uh, the Clippers were down big. He kind of helped them come back, so they kind of left him out there, and I thought it hurt them when he had to match up against Embiid. Uh, but this is a matchup that I also think we could see a little bit of Boban in. We know that the uh, the the Magic play a super big team. They're one of the bigger teams in the league. They're kind of like a throwback-type squad. So this is a spot where we could see Boban play minutes that we normally uh, wouldn't. The minutes are never really guaranteed for him. I wouldn't play Boban in a cash game, but for GPPs, I think it makes sense. This is a game that kind of sets up as more uh, a Boban game than a Montrez Harrell game. Uh, In terms of other guys, I think Tobias Harris at 7,300, he's pretty safe. Uh, But in general, the Clippers, like I've been calling them the the Celtics West, they, they just have a pretty deep team. The production has been pretty spread around so far. And plus matchup for them, except we, we haven't really seen a ton of upside for the most part from the Clippers this year. Uh, from the Magic side of the game, uh, we've seen Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic both priced up now 86 and 7200 I, I don't really love the price tags on either of them. Uh, I think that you could take a shot on Jonathan Isaac in a GPP. Uh, but his production hasn't been quite as consistent as I would have expected it to be. So for that reason, overall, this game, not really a strong target for me. Uh, but Boban, I do think, is kind of an interesting uh, GPP play for this spot, especially since we just don't have a ton of value on the slate right now. So might be a, a kind of night where we have to look at some of the cheap guys with upside to kind of uh, take a Hail Mary play on. Uh, next game here, the struggling Houston Rockets. Playing in Brooklyn against the Nets, uh, I didn't see this struggle coming for the Rockets. I understand that James Harden's out, but they have just not really been able to get it going. Chris Paul has been looked a little sluggish to start the year. Carmelo Anthony as well, but I don't really think that surprises anybody. 
Uh, still, if we look at Carmelo at 5,800, I don't think he's an awful play for this slate just because of what his role and usage has been so far to start the year. Uh, last three games that James Harden's uh, been injured for, we have 39 minutes, 34, 31 minutes for Carmelo. Uh, done last time out, only scored 18 fantasy points. But still, I think for the price that he's at, I think that we could uh, roster him and a little bit more security than you might think, given uh, the reputation of Carmelo Anthony and how much we dislike him or think of him as not a good NBA player. Uh, Chris Paul, I still think, is okay to roster at 9400 uh, It just kind of seems to be a little bit of a fair price. I think something that I overlooked a little bit with Harden being out and Chris Paul stepping in is how the, the usage of Carmelo Anthony would take away some touches from Chris Paul. So 9400 I just kind of think, is a fair price. I think the best play for the Rockets is Clint Capella at 7800 uh, I have brought up that I thought the Nets should be better at defending centers this year with Jared Allen for the full year. But it just hasn't been the case. If we look at the DVP numbers so far this year, the Nets have struggled against centers. They're uh, third worst at allowing fantasy points to them so far this year. So I think Capella makes sense in this spot. And then from the Nets side of the game, uh, I think that we could still look at Jared Allen, even if I talk about him not necessarily being as good defensively as I would have expected. The price on him at only 5,100, he's averaging 28 fantasy points for the year in 26 minutes. He does occasionally get into foul trouble. But to me... It's kind of baked into the price, 5100 for someone who averages 28 fantasy points per game. I think he's good for GPPs. He's good for cash games. And then Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, I mentioned the other day, as somebody who's going to move into the starting lineup eventually, we haven't seen it happen yet, except 4900 I think he makes sense for GPPs, uh, and he would be a cash game play for me if this is the time that he finally gets moved into the starting lineup, because he's a pretty good permanent producer, and he was somebody who we saw priced up around the 7000 mark as a starter last year. Uh, next game on the slate here, the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Washington Wizards. Uh, from the Thunder side of the game, still a little bit too cheap on Russell Westbrook for me. I know this is the tail end of a back-to-back, generally, uh, and on the road, generally, I don't love those situations. But if we look at what Westbrook has done this year and previous years, it's just really safe production. He got off to a slow start on Thursday night, still nearly triple-double, put up 60 uh, DK points. So 10900 I think Westbrook is good for GPPs. He's good for cash games. The one concern that I have with him, which isn't really directly him, it's just the overall outlook of the slate, is we don't have a lot of cheap value, so Westbrook's going to be difficult to fit in. So he is my favorite guy to pay up for if we get that value. If we don't, then he's going to be hard to fit into lineups. Uh, Jeremy Grant, still 4000 I think is too cheap for him. He makes sense. Now four games in a row that he's started and scored at least 21 DK points. 4,000, I think that he is good for GPPs. He's good for cash games, uh, especially when we don't really have a ton of cheap targets that we could look to. From the Wizards' side of the game, we have Dwight Howard expected to make his debut. So the Wizards have struggled to start the year. The chemistry has looked off. There's been some bickering and players calling each other out in post-game press conferences. Surely Dwight Howard is going to fix that chemistry. This is the perfect situation to bring Dwight Howard into. I think this this is going to be an issue for the Wizards, is trying to integrate him. What's it going to do to the team? At least the good thing is they have nowhere to go but up right now, as much as, they've, as, much as they have struggled so far. Uh, Dwight Howard is expected to be on a minutes restriction, even though he's starting. So depending on what that restriction looks like, I, I think that he could be in play. He's only 5,200. So if it's like 30 minutes from Dwight Howard, I think it's a pretty good play. If it's only 20 minutes, then not so much. But this is a spot where we're going to have to look tomorrow and see what do the reports say? How many minutes do we expect from 
Uh, John Wall, way too cheap for me at 8,100. I really like him a lot as kind of like an upper uh, mid-tier play. He's somebody who's historically been much better at home than on the road. And then Bradley Beal, I also think makes sense at 7,000. Uh, I do slightly prefer Wall to Beal, but for cash games, I think you could definitely fit both of them in, and it's a good good spot for both of them. I think both of them are a little bit underpriced for the matchup, especially with a 231.5 point over-under and maybe a little bit of fatigue for OKC playing on the tail end of a road back-to-back. Next game, we have the Indiana Pacers playing against the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls have been rough on defense, as I've pointed out so far this year. They've moved Jabari Parker into the starting lineup. That's not helping their defensive woes. But still, if we look at kind of this Pacers front court situation, Sabonis and Turner kind of splitting time. They've tried to work them both in together at times on the court, but both of them have had foul trouble so far this year, so neither have been playing a ton of minutes. Uh, It's been a lot of spread out production for the Pacers, so I don't really think there's any individual player that I look at and say like, oh, this guy makes for a great pricing value, even though the matchup is great. And then from the Bulls side of the game, we finally saw a big Wendell Carter Jr. game last time out. Easily the best game of his young career. He finished with uh, 55 fantasy points and basically did everything across the board. 25 points, hit two threes, eight rebounds, five assists, three steals, three blocks. This is the kind of thing that I, I thought was possible from him entering the season as one of my favorite prospects in the draft and somebody who could do a little bit of everything. I think that Carter Jr. probably has established himself to have more consistent minutes going forward. So I like him for GPPs. I like him for cash games tomorrow. Uh, I think that Jabari Parker at 5,800, I think he's okay for GPPs. Tough to trust him in cash games because we've seen it multiple times now over the course of the year where Parker will make some really hard mistake on defense or just show no effort and they have to take him out of the game or Hoiberg will just pull him because he gets frustrated with something. So I, I don't really think we could trust Parker in a cash game, but for GPPs, I'm on board with him. Next game, the New York Knicks at the Dallas Mavericks. From the Knicks side of the game, they keep playing these kind of uh, weird starting lineups and odd lineup combinations, but Frank Nielakina at 4,100, he is fared better as the starting point guard. And if we look at his last few games, uh, 20 fantasy points, 17, 32, 23. Uh, I don't think that he's necessarily the highest upside play in the world, except the floor is higher than it appears for 4,100 price tag. Somebody who, since he's taken over the starting point guard job, has scored in a bad game. His worst outing was 16, uh, 17 fantasy points. So that's not a terrible outcome for 4,100. It's not optimal either, but I think Neil Aquina makes sense for GPPs and cash games. Uh, Damian Dotson, I think I kind of put in the same boat as Neil Aquina, where just because of the cheap price, he's a sensible play. I don't mind firing him up. And then Noah Vonley at 4,800. Look at what he's done the last few games. He's definitely going to regress, except 25, 27, 42 fantasy points is only 4,800. So I think that all three of those guys are cheap plays that are sensible to roster because of what their uh, current roles are. And from the Dallas side of the game, you know, I actually think this is a pretty decent game to stack on, I think about, just because we have the cheap guys from the Knicks side, and then from the Dallas side, just a favorable matchup going against a pretty weak Knicks defense. The Knicks are currently... Uh, 109.5 defensive efficiencies, one of the worst defense in the league to start the year. From the Dallas side of the game, I think we could go to Luka Doncic at 7,400. I think that he is 
fine for GPPs and cash games. Uh, the Mavericks really struggled last game against the Lakers, and they took the starters out. They were down like 25 or something at the time, and the bench brought them back into the game. Uh, and then the starters eventually came back in at the end. But if you look at Luka's minutes, he only played 28 last game. Still ended up scoring 33 fantasy points, but it was just because of the, the game flow and kind of the weird way that things worked out. I'm still fine with Luka at 7,400. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. has really struggled to start the year. At 5,500, I'm still okay with him in GPPs, although pretty tough matchup. Frank Nielakina is one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. Uh, 5,300 and 4,800 for Harrison Barnes and Wesley Matthews. I think both of them are fine for uh, cash games and a little bit of upside for GPPs. They're not inherently high upside players, but the prices are cheap enough that it makes sense. So overall, I think that the Knicks-Dallas game is actually my favorite one to stack on the slate. Uh, as weird as that may sound. Uh, next game, Memphis at Utah. Uh, Utah, even though they have allowed some big fantasy games at times, they've still been one of the five most difficult defenses to score fantasy points on this year. I don't think there's any good value on the Memphis side of the game, so I'm off of them. Uh, from the Utah side of the game, we do have a little bit of value here because Donovan Mitchell has been ruled out with a bad hamstring. Not totally sure who's going to start in his place, uh, we saw Royce O'Neal start some games last year. He's near min-price. He would be a good play. Dante Exum's only 3700 He could be a good play. And then Ricky Rubio, I think, makes for a pretty good play at 5700 He's going to have the ball in his hands a whole lot more with Mitchell out of the lineup. We saw Rubio have some big games last year at times when uh, Mitchell— uh, there was a stretch where I think Mitchell missed like two or three games or so when Rubio uh, picked up the slack and did really well in that point in time. I think we could see more of that from— Rubio, even though it's not a great matchup for him against the Grizzlies, I think for the price and the added role, I think that he's a, a good play tomorrow. Uh, next game, Toronto Raptors at the Phoenix Suns. I, t- to me, like, yeah, I see the upside in the Toronto guys, but the issue is just that there's so much blowout risk here. The Suns have been so terrible, and they're just getting run off the floor in almost every game they play, and that becomes magnified if, if Devin Booker has to miss another game. He's missed the last three games with a bad hamstring. He has been upgraded to questionable to play for tomorrow after uh, kind of being ruled out early or being doubtful for a couple of games. So we're going to have to look out for the injuries here. Uh, Booker questionable, Isaiah Cannon questionable. With Cannon missing last game, Elliot Kobo started in his place. Okobo's been priced up to 4300 now. I still think he would be in play at 43 if both Booker and Cannon are out. Except still, if you look at the last game, 28 minutes, 21 fantasy points for Okobo. So I think he would be fine to roster 4,300, not any kind of really great play. Uh, and then I also think we could look at uh, DeAndre Ayton at 7,000. Uh, struggled last time out, got in foul trouble, the game was a blowout. So I don't put too much weight into it. Overall, Ayton's been pretty consistent this year. If Devin Booker's ruled out, I, I think that we have to consider Ayton to be a good play for GPPs and cash games. And then also consider that Ayton typically plays in garbage time. So even if the Raptors are just up like 40 points on the Suns, not impossible. I think we still see Aiton out there for the closing minutes of the game. Final game on the slate, the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Golden State Warriors. And here's another one where we could have some value. There's some situations to pay attention to. Uh, for one, Jimmy Butler is currently probable to play, although he did say the other day that he was considering sitting out until he gets traded, kind of trying to force the hand of the Timberwolves. So he just kind of rested for what was being called general soreness, but it was really just him not wanting to play. So I'm not totally convinced we see Butler play in this game. And the other thing also is we have Jeff Teague is questionable, Tyus Jones questionable, obviously after the big uh, tilt late scratch for him the other day. 
Uh, Derek Rose been priced up to 5,400. If Rose is going to start a point guard again at 5,400 after that last game he had, he is going to be the chalk play of the slate. And I can't really argue with it. He has played way, way better this year. Uh, I've been harsh on him before as a basketball player. I know he has all kinds of uh, problematic off-field type situations, uh, off-court situations he's been involved in. There's some character concerns there. But if we're just looking at him as a fantasy play, as a DFS play, if he is in the starting lineup as the starting point guard with other guys out, then he is a really strong play, 5,400, even though this is a tough matchup against the Warriors with some blowout risk. From the Warriors' side of the game, uh, we've got Kevin Durant, 9,900, Steph Curry, 10,300. Then we've got Draymond at 6,900. One thing that's kind of interesting about Draymond Green is that he was uh, dealing with a little bit of injuries to start the year and kind of had a light minutes restriction where they were holding him to like low 30s, high 20s minutes. But the minutes have been up the last few games. He's played 34, 25, 36 minutes. And he's produced really well. He scored at least 39 fantasy points three of those four games, 33 or more in uh, all four of them. So my favorite play for the price here is Draymond Green. And then the other guys just kind of more GPP plays. Uh, but Green is the Warriors guy who I would want to roster here. So that is going to wrap up the slate uh I hope you guys have a good weekend, and I'm going to go see if Anthony Davis is playing, if I'm going to have to make some uh, roster alterations in the last 30 minutes or so before lock. So have a good weekend, guys.